0: All right, everybody, welcome back to Only on the Midwatch. This is episode number four. I'm your host, Elton Barham, joined by my co-hosts, Josh Kanak and Dan Shelley. We've got a special guest on the show again today, one of our own, one of our favorites, one of the ghosts, honestly. We got Armand Owens, who is the CMC at Shipyard, and, uh, and you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Welcome, on the sh- welcome to the show, Armand.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, pretty pretty excited
0: about this. Yeah, hell yeah. It's good to see. You. It's been forever. Um it's awesome when when we all get back together being on the same crew. Um but what's it what's it like what's it like over there in Hawaii? How's it uh being a CMC at the shipyard? Is it everything you dreamed it would be?
1: Well, when I first got orders over here, um, I was just happy to leave Norfolk. So, um, I spent the first, (laughs) I spent the first 18 years of my career, you know, in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, and you know, it doesn't, nothing's bad about Virginia or anything like that. But when you've been there 18 years, like, um, it's, it's time for something new. And, you know, when the offer, you know, came across the table, it was like, Hey, uh, you can go to Hawaii. Um, yeah, I jumped at the chance. So, um, I've been having a great time out here. I mean, the weather is always beautiful. Um, it's always something to do out here. And uh, the job isn't that taxing. I got, I got some, I got some of the best leaders I've come across here, um, you know, in my cheese mess and uh, they, they make it extremely easy for me. Um, so it's been, it's been, it's been good. Dealing with a lot of more surface and diver community than I've had in the past. Which has been interesting. They're a different, you know, they're a different breed, but good though. Um, they just have a, they just have a slightly different uh, focus than us, and they're they're slightly more sane uh, than the our you know your normal <laughs> submarine uh, personnel. So they don't they don't understand our uh, our nuances and how crazy we actually are. So
0: I feel like you probably find yourself in a room like with a bunch of different community. You know, navy guys uh, like surface sailors and stuff like this. You probably said something that only you and maybe one other person get in that room, and you look like a freaking weirdo while everyone's like, "What the hell are you talking about, CMC?" Well,
1: you got to remember that the perspective of being a weirdo only comes from you, right? So if you don't give a damn, (laughs) so if you don't give a damn about what anybody else thinks about you, like you'll never come across as a weirdo, right? So I say something, I say something, and they ain't get the joke. Well,
2: that's their fault.
0: I can't help it, you're stupid. I don't know what to tell you.
2: Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I run into that problem every day on the civilian side. I say something and everyone's like. And I'm like, it is what it is, man. You either get it or you don't. You know? Exactly.
1: I'm gonna still laugh.
2: Know, I'm gonna
1: still laugh.
0: <laughs> I'm under the impression that uh you guys had a concerted effort to make me feel like a weirdo in the ship's control party. Cause I cause I know Dan hey, did this fact. like all the time. Because I would say some shit, and he would just look at me, and then 3MC would just look at me at the dive chair, and the chief
1: of the watch would just look at me, not say shit.
0: No one would laugh, and I would just be like, all right, that's, Bro, I'm just that guy.
1: You, know, that, you are. You are. And that was, I, I, I solely did that. And I would typically come up to this control party just, I, just to mess with you, just to make sure, because I knew you were going to say something ridiculous. All right, even if it wasn't that ridiculous, I was going to treat it as if it was ridiculous.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad you admit that now because I because I freaking knew that, that that was happening the whole time.
2: That brings me to my next point, Cobb. Yeah, not that I had a point before this at all, but I'm with you. <laughs> um, so. Parham said some dumb stuff before. What do you think is the dumbest thing? Oh, that, why do we have to do this? That, Ooh, why? that, that you heard come out of Ellison's mouth. What's the dumbest thing? Oh. oh man.
1: Um, you want me to narrow that down? I don't think that's I, 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 I don't I don't I we really don't book. think that's possible, man. Like I don't think that that is we I mean, that's two years worth of uh worth of information that if you you, you want me to sort through on the spot. Do you? Man. That's not Do a, you know
0: where that quote book is?
1: No, I so I I didn't know what happened to it. Um, um
0: I could have sworn some I was like some one of the Chiefs had
1: to have like you gotta get, in that. Yeah, you got to man, let me see who who would have it? Who would
3: I bet you Reggie's got it. You think so? Yeah. My my,
1: my guess would be either Reggie or AJ. Yeah. you got That's who you got to um, get, uh, get. You got to get you got to get you yeah. got to get AJ on here. Yeah. I don't know if he would do yeah.
0: it though cuz he's he's doing like well, I mean, so is Josh, but He's doing super, uh, super secret squirrel stuff, isn't he? With that's TV. Yeah, but he can still talk. <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, yeah, Chief, if Chief. I can listen, if I can do it, he can do it. Chief, Price,
0: I didn't even uh, know if you would come on the show because you, you're a CMC. What but, does that mean? uh thanks what for is, coming
1: anyway. What, yeah. What, <laughs> what, what does that mean? Having a having a nice, gentlemanly conversation, you know, with some some sailors that I had the privilege of of of, of serving with. That, uh, Look, I'm,
0: if you think that this is going to be a gentleman conversation, <laughs> you got the wrong one.
1: Right. I, I was hoping that you picked up on the sarcasm of me saying gentlemanly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Chief Price, actually, uh, he messaged me and he was like, you got to talk about the quote book.
0: Yeah, dude, we, we need the quote book to talk. Yeah, about the quote need, book.
2: I remember the first quote that went in the quote book. What was it? It was uh, Chief Scheller talking to Ball. Ball, like, dropped some shit in crew's mess, and he was like, I, I don't know if Ball was L- or a CS2 or a CS3 at the time, but he was like, I'll say he's a CS2. Um, he was like, have CS2 report to control. The Ball gets up there, <laughs> and we're on deployment, right? We're on <laughs> And he said, Ball gets up there, and he goes, he goes, uh, LSC he goes, you going to get us killed on deployment. We are on deployment.
3: <laughs> Plus, he got a cook in control. He got a cook in control on, on a deployment, and he's probably looking around like, oh. <laughs> 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 what?
1: <laughs> what is yeah, it's always it's always interesting to have cooks come to control uh, during those times because if you, all, if you notice, they never know what to do with their hands, right? <laughs> like, I know I'm supposed to. <laughs> I'm in control, so it's like I'm Ricky Bobbing it. Right.
0: <laughs> so uh so I noticed that uh you got a lot of uh leadership stuff going on in your on your Facebook, on your social media. So that's a lot that's a big thing you're pushing. Yep. You know, a bunch of us on the Helena obviously we know that that is like what you're about. And honestly, that's probably one of the best things about that era of the command is this like this push towards um I don't know, like grabbing hold of your own kind of future, your own progressing toward in your Navy career yep. and understanding how you guys, how the how our chain of command is viewing how we're going to get the mission done. Um, <clears throat> but I wanted you to, if you don't mind, kind of like talk about your, uh, I, I guess, kind of like your your origins of like leadership and why it kind of like means so much to you.
1: Yeah. So um, this all stemmed from horrible leadership. So on my first boat, the USS Oklahoma City, um, I, ha- I went through 22 chiefs over the course of about six and a half years um some of them got fired some of them had medical issues um and some of them just just rotated um as we were going through this transition in the electronic technician world where we we merged the the quartermasters and the ets and ics right so you had all these different iterations of you know leaders coming in but one of the uh my, my second chief um Chief Crawford. So this dude, man, when I tell you I will be standing in mid-watch, uh, topside, him and another senior chief will be coming across the coming across the brow, lit as all get out, drunk than a mug. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's how, I mean, they. that's how they did it. And his interactions with me were always negative, always negative. Like, anytime I said anything, it's like, shut up, Owens. You always think you know what you're talking about. Just do what I tell you. Matter of fact, go field day. Like it was, it was always that, right. Um, it yes. was, it was the worst. And I looked at, I started to understand how like that was like affected me as a person, um, how I, how I had, you know, how it affected my relationships just because I had negative interactions with leadership, it affected, you know, second order and third order uh, parts of my life. And uh, so it was kind of at that point where I realized how important leadership is, right. Because if I wanted to have a family, this is what I'm thinking about at the time. If I want to have a family, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with this this crazy, you know, leadership, this crazy lack of leadership and me risking interacting with my kids and my wife in a negative way just because some jackass, you know, decide to yell at me for no apparent damn reason, right? Um, you know, so that's kind of what, the, that's kind of the thing that led me down this, all right, I got to figure out how to do this thing the right way. Cause if I'm going to stay in the Navy, I want to make sure that the experiences that the people I got the privilege of leading have they, their experience are positive or at least mostly positive. Right. Um, I can't promise, I can't promise that, you know, it's going to be always, always beautiful. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I can try to make the, uh, my intent known, even if it's negative, right. Even if I have to, even if I got to check you a little bit, Right. I want you to know, hey, this is from a place of me expecting you to be great and not only expecting you to be great, but projecting in my head you as being great. So like you guys, I never saw you all as third classes and second classes. I saw you guys as chiefs. Right. So that's how I interacted with you. I wanted to provide you with the information, the data, all the game, all the free game I had so that if you chose to stay in, if you chose to keep on keep on going down this line. You had everything that you needed, but at the same time, it was free game for life too. So just as men, um, you know, so it all it all stemmed from bad experiences, man.
3: Yeah, I've had some some uh, my my actually I only had two chiefs on my first on on the on the good old Helena,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and my first one wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of my first chief was, uh he was kind of, it seemed like he did, he really didn't want to be there, and I'm pretty sure he didn't want to. He kind of got pushed into it, yeah, and then. Uh, and then my second one, he was, a, he was like a hot and cold, uh, but he, he was probably, uh, like if there's anybody that you want on your team, it was definitely that guy. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll fight for you.
1: Uh, Absolutely. maybe
3: literally, yeah. maybe literally fight for
1: you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I, no, I will. Like, yeah, yeah. Literally, definitely, definitely will fight for you. Yeah.
2: That uh, yeah. that chief that you're talking about didn't have, like, I never directly worked for him, but he's someone that I still remember and think about whenever I'm doing my, my stuff on the civilian side. I always revert back to him and some of the stuff that he taught me indirectly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's kind of weird. Like, the dynamic I had with him was, um, I don't know, this is just my personal my personal understanding of our relationship or my interactions with him, it's just kind of like, you have to know, you have to like know the game and it's not like the game, like he was playing a game, but like, you have to understand how to, how people just are, are the way that they are, right. They react and respond to things that the way that they do. And like, you can't project your, your own, I don't know, digestion of your environment onto everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so I like understood that with him. And I was just like, okay, this is the way I need to be around him when he, you know, gets really pissed because you know a lot of people in the Navy have have and develop anger issues. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but uh, when he gets really pissed, you know, there's it's like a lot of people might respond and be like, pop off at the mouth or like like, nah, this is bullshit or whatever. But like, it's just you gotta understand like with some people, you just have to be like, I chief or I petty officer or I whoever the hell, and be like, yeah, I got it, and just understand what your steps need to be after that. And uh, that doesn't mean that you are wrong or that you, I don't know, you, you don't have, you shouldn't have to be trying to prove something when, when someone's just trying to lead you. So, yeah.
2: On a, on a lighter note, I loved watching him chew people out, but I did not like being on the receiving end of that. He, hands- you know, his, his ass tunes were the best, man. I loved watching them. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. Hand, hands down, you, it's just a show. It's just a gigantic show when you watch that happen. <laughs> you pull out the popcorn, just kick back because somebody is getting it.
2: His, you know? his ability to come up with a one-liner while he's doing it was just second to none. I mean, it was just the best.
0: Next time that happens, it's not going to fucking happen. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Classic. He was
2: like – he said, uh, I don't want you guys to – what did he say? He said, I don't want you guys to think less of me than you already do or something like that. This is during like – it was like – it was Thanksgiving Day actually and we were on duty. He was like, I don't want you guys to think less of me than you already do, but just do what the fuck I say and we're fine. And I was like, Check, okay, good to go. (laughs)
3: <laughs> in in classic Dan Shelley fashion, he went out right when he got to the good stuff.
0: Yeah. Just for us. Just for us. Everybody else heard him. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah. Um but yeah, so so you know, as as far as talking about, you know, your your how you came up to to trying to make leadership one of the things that you really focus on and and, and be better at as an individual. Um there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now Yeah, that is very chaotic, um, and it's putting a lot of people in a lot of, um, I guess, I don't know if it's necessarily compromising. It, it can be, I guess, if your moral codes don't really line up with everybody else's, um, but it's a tough ground to navigate, and I was hoping you might be able to share a little bit of your experience with uh, things of racial, you know, prejudice or bias or... Um, inequalities and and what you think might be the right approach to answer this.
1: Well, I think you. Uh, one of the things that you got to remember is that no change happens uh, in nature uh, without friction, right? Without any kind, there there there's going to be uh, there's going to be a reaction. Um, sometimes it's bad, and when you have a a, a people that are marginalized, um, that are uh, you know, oppressed and pushed down, and left without a voice, and left without an ability to, to adequately express themselves, you get an explosion, right, of of tension once an opening happens, right. Um, and you know, the catalyst in this case was um, you know George Floyd, right. So um, you see the evidence of anger, frustration, um, and that's years of pent up you know, anger and frustration that, that, you know, manifests itself in the form of in form of protest. Now, 99% of the people that's out there are, you know, protesting in an effort to make change so that thing doesn't happen again. Um, then you have another, you know, smaller contingent of people that are looking, you know, to just, you know, cause havoc, you know, to, you know, to riot and cause trouble. Um, that is still a result of being anger, you know, being angry and marginalized. Right, um, and people have to understand is that at the time, right now, now is not the time to hey, let me throw some facts up here for you, just so let me tell you why you shouldn't be upset. Yeah, that just ain't gonna work out, right? Nobody's gonna be at a funeral, you know, with, uh, with grandma, um, after, you know, Uncle Pookie just died, and we know Uncle Pookie had all kinds of problems, you know, he's on drugs, uh, he he robbed Grandma a couple of times on the, on the TV, right? Uh, but nobody's gonna be there. It's like, well. Uh, you know, we knew this was inevitable. Well, nobody's gonna tell grandma. We knew this was inevitable. Um, and be crass and not be compassionate, right? That's not gonna go well for anybody, right? So at the same time, you know, the time now is to is to listen. I think people are listening. I think you know, change is happening on 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 a myriad of levels, right? Where uh, legislation is being passed to you know to to make sure that you know police officers are are not being excessive in force and Look, like I'm not, I'm I'm not crazy. I don't, you know, I know that being a police officer is one of the hardest jobs, you know, on earth, right? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. You are, I mean, your 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 reactions based on the uncertainty of what somebody has has taken, uh, you know, what they've been exposed to and what they feel about you. Uh, those those reactions are split second, um, you know, so that's a hard thing to navigate, um, and. But I think with training, with increased training, um, there we, we decreased the likelihood of, of those things happening. And I, I will say that over the last um, you know five years, because of some of the things that have happened a few years ago, like in, in Ferguson, training has happened and the numbers have diminished. Um, but we're not at the end of it. But for me, I'm just hopeful. I'm hopeful because there's progress. There's evidence of progress. Right. So I'm not the person that's going to be running around here, upset, angry mad because i know that evidence of progress means there's possibility of growth right um if we were in the same conditions we were in you know in 2020 than we were in 1980 then i have cause for concern because we have no evidence of, of progress and one of the things that you got to know about the world is that you go so we've been you know into no, to numerous ports of call right and you know there's countries that i've been to that have have not changed, you know, since the seventies. They have the same things going on, you know, in 2020 that they had going on in 1974, right? Um, there's no progress. There's no hope that exists within that within an existence like that when there's no when there's no proof of progress. But I think the United States have has shown, you know, and it may be slow, absolutely, but there is proof of progress. So I'm, I remain hopeful in you know in the systematic change and the overturning of, you know, some policies that don't necessarily serve, you know, uh, you know, black and brown people. So.
0: Yeah. I think that's like uh, one of the things I was paralleling to, this is just for all the active people out there, (laughs) the active submariners. (laughs) It's kind of like when you guys hate to do it, but you do them drills over and over again. Yep. You get that training, them repetitions. in. next thing you know, you finally get the EDMC will grant you that average rating that you've been dying (laughs) to get
1: i mean you guys know i mean hopefully you understand um that it is strategic when we run drills i we do not allow you guys to get anything um above an average you know on drills before we go to the inspection all right because we have to beat you down and make you feel as though you don't you you're not worth anything so hopefully Um, you'll take the, (laughs) I was trying to keep a straight face on that one.
0: (laughs) I saw that little crack of a smile up (laughs) here.
1: But no, we, uh, I mean, you know, that's just a, that's a, that's a strategic measure, uh, to make you feel like, okay. to just to keep you questioning yourself, okay, how can I get better? How can I get better? Meanwhile, not trying to push you too far over the ledge. We like, man, forget this. I'm done. Like they don't get what I get. They don't get what I got. I ain't doing no more. So, well, yeah. I
3: remember you uh, in one of your uh, recent videos, you mentioned that you like in, when you're in the leadership position, you have to repeat yourself all the time. So, like when you come up ready for some sort of examination, everything you're getting examined on. By the time you get to that point, you had to have had that drilled in your brain so many times, and that repetition is going to be like, you know, all the all the different classes of fire and what you're supposed to do, what your job is, where you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to get there you know just the things that you like you get just by doing it over and over and over and over and over again is definitely something that like we all experience on on the submarines cuz all, all the drilling and killing getting up ready for oars and stuff
0: yeah i mean and it's kind of i feel like to that same to that same effect if you're we if you want to talk about the uh, incidents that happen with the police you know brutality or excessive force or whatever um it's it's like if you have a bad habit if you're constantly doing something wrong that is your habit yeah. and it takes a long time to break that habit you know that guy who knelt down on george floyd's um, neck and event uh, ultimately killed him ended his life um apparently had a, a record or history of excessive force and you know if it's somebody who's got such repetitive actions like that then that's what you expect if the people didn't correct you know, if command didn't correct that deficiency and train him properly on that to break that cycle, then you know.
2: <clears throat> yeah, like so you're saying. That's kind of like, I'm. I'm wondering. I'm like, if if he had the proper training, if he had the proper medical training to know that his knee was on his carotid artery and cutting out fifty percent of the blood flow to his brain, you know. And then once, I think once George Floyd went limp, and his Neck compressed his the other side of his neck compressed to the pavement. That's the other carotid artery. So that's a hundred percent of the blood flow to the brain. And if so if this guy would have had the proper medical training and grappling or jujitsu training, he would have. If he didn't know, then then he did that. Like it would have been deliberate. If he had the proper training, then it's like okay, it's deliberate because this guy knew. But right,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's. What? It, 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 it's just sad it's just sad it's,
1: yeah. here's what you got to remember as well <clears throat> um the thing that we fight the most against uh and i want you to think about this too just for yourselves right um the thing that we fight the most against is our undying desire to be right our undying desire to be right as humans like we have to be right and right. as submariners
2: too we like, that's more oh than anything
1: because here's the deal right so he's he, you know that officer is 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 there with his knee on his neck and people are like you're killing him he hears he hears the cries from George Floyd this entire time right but if he gets up he's admitting that he was wrong yeah <clears throat> yeah right? so yeah. His, his his our our obsession you know, with having to be right in our actions, you know, I'm justified in this. I'm justified in this. I'm justified. Right. That's what got that's what got him killed. It was his undying need to be right, because if you were just, yeah, I'm, I'm hurting this guy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I am hurting this guy. Let me get up. This is not this is not necessary. We, we're not having this conversation. Right. It, but go ahead. It's
0: sorry. Um I was just going to say it's, it's funny that because I, I thought about that when I was. um starting to interact more on social media for for test stuff and whatever Mm -hmm. and i like commented on somebody's thing and it was like the first time i'd ever commented on like a politically charged post and somebody said something um back but they kind of like missed the point they basically it was more defending their point uh it was more of like just trying to persuade me to to see that you know the guy couldn't legally sue the government whatever and i was just like it's just it's not really about suing somebody it's about what's right or wrong do you personally view what you saw happen as right or wrong. And, uh, but it was, (laughs) they just wanted to be right. So they just kept going back. And so on social media now, when, you know, sometimes I'll interact with something and then somebody will say something, well, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, this isn't a discussion. This is you giving me a dissertation and you want me to buy off on your opinion. And, you know, I guess the buck stops there because we can't have a open forum here, but yeah, everybody just wants to be right. It's crazy.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, what do you what What do you think is like the because in in jobs like people in the military, uh, people that are police officers, and then even not jobs but just what people tend to gravitate towards like gangs and and violent behaviors is almost all men, yep. And mm-hmm. and people that are that are putting themselves in in these situations and committing violent acts are almost like almost completely men, uh, it's, it's, you very rarely see a woman physically abusing another person. Right. Um, so what do you think is that, that leads, that leads men to, to act out and, and not like, and not be able to rein in that, that behavior, that type of behavior?
1: Well, we're, um, I think as men, we are not, we are not raised to even understand what empathy is. We're not. Yeah. We're not. Um, I, I remember, you know, perfect situation um, growing up with my dad. I was, uh, you know, I I, danced, I used to dance all the time when I was young, man. And uh, so there was a dance. Happy I, Feet? Uh, man, listen, I love Happy Feet. We can get into a whole <laughs> conversation about Happy Feet. Man. I love that. But the Next time uh,
0: episode exclusively on <laughs> Happy Feet.
1: <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, I'm I have I'm doing uh, MC Hammer you know, in preparation for this dance contest and you know, I got the little routine down and I go and show my dad. And my mom's like, Oh, that's amazing. That's a great job. My dad was like, little oh, boy, you can't dance. <gasps> I'm like clutching my pearls like why <laughs> you, you gotta be talking about me like that. Like And uh so I, man, I was pissed off man and uh but that led me down, you know, this obsessive path of competitiveness where I didn't stop dancing for like the next three months and i end up winning the dance contest so it's validated right so that mm-hmm. that 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 lack of empathy is kind of validated because it leads us on this obsessive uh search to please our dads right to say oh I'm, yo hey i'm proud of your son <laughs> right we're looking for that you know we're looking for that that validation but i think ultimately it go it goes back to not being raised valuing empathy I didn't I didn't value empathy until I became a chief petty officer. And I was 26 years old before I I, I really understood, you know, oh, oh man, I probably should be empathetic in this and not, you know, say that this person is weak, right? Understand, acknowledge what they're feeling, um and and go from there, right? But it's not something that's valued. So that's why you, I think you have a sense of males always looking to belong we're always looking to belong, be a part of a, you know, to be a part of a tribe. Right. But when it comes to um, understanding the feelings of somebody that's not in our tribe, yeah, we don't have the capacity. We don't, we're not trained to have that capacity, which is why you have these negative interactions like this. I think, right. I'm not a sociologist or anything like that, but there's just, you know, my, you know, what I, what I think, you know, whatever that, that kind is.
2: of, that kind of like, cause I have, I have a son now and he's he's nine months this month and like it, this is simple, but like the other day he just started standing up. He's been crawling all over the place. He's been wearing me and my wife out and uh, he just started standing up and we got him a ball. He's obsessed with this ball. So I took the ball and I held it above his head and he started crying. And my wife was like, give him the ball. And I was like, I'm not giving him the ball until he stands up and gets it. And that I kind of feel like, that goes right along with the empathy thing, because that's what my dad did to me. It was like, I, you know, I'm not going to let you win. I'm not going to give you the ball. And that's what I did to him. It's kind of eye opening. that You just said that about uh, right. But it's a, about fine, it's a fine line.
1: It's a fine line that you have to that you have to uh, fight because you're trying to build grit. Right. Hopefully you're trying to build grit in, in your kids, you know, so that when they're faced with that level of adversity, that they're not going to they're not going to quit. Um, that they're not going to stop that they're not going to be cower in the face of something that's going to ultimately make them better right so it's a fine line and i'm not that's and yeah go ahead
0: that's hard that's hard to define too because i mean when i had when i was trying to help out some guys in my division on deployment get you know get qualified like really 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 trying hard you know at first you know when you get to the boat and you're a nub and especially if you're or if you're unqualified, sir, uh, and you get to the, to the boat and you're trying to handle these qualifications, mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure out what, you know, instructions to go to and look up and get all this knowledge for your checkouts. It's very daunting. Right. And we all think, well, this is the way that I had to do it when I came mm-hmm. here. Right. Um, and then, you know, I, I've I've always tried to have empathy um, with every situation. And so, I've you know, I would ask these people, these guys, my guys, you know, what is it that you've done so far? can you show me the proof of you, your efforts? You know, can I, like, cause I, I haven't seen it myself. And before I doubt you and just automatic, automatically assume that you're bullshitting me, let me see the work that you've done to try to get this done. And, you know, it would be like half ass kind of evidence or proof or mediocre. Or there'd be some sort of situational things where you couldn't really um, say for sure that they actually tried. And then I'd be like walking these person, these people, through the qualification process, you know, essentially holding their hands, you know, taking them to the people that need to get checkouts. So it's like, it's a fine line, but at the same time, like, how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to identify when you're not, when you should be empathetic and be like, all right, you know, I understand, here you go, here's a cookie. Or when you should just be like, no, you are, you are just someone who, you are just someone who who doesn't have it in you to stand up and walk right now.
2: You know who had a the who did good about like having the fine line was Chief Richie, man. Like he was he was the one of the best leader. I would say the best leader I've ever had just because I worked directly for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he had that line of, "Hey, you know, this is a standard and this is a standard we're gonna hold." And then I remember when, it was Christmas Day on deployment. Christmas Day. I'm like, man, it's Christmas Day. I'm about to go to sleep. But we didn't get to we didn't get what we needed to get done. He racked us out. And uh he's like, hey, look, like I'm not doing this to be a dickhead, but this is a standard and y'all didn't meet it. I don't care if it's Christmas Day, we're on deployment. This is what we need to get done. And I didn't take it, I didn't take it personal at all. I was like, check that, Chief. And I got it done, and then he was like, All right, we're good. I was like, check, right on. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I feel like a lot of people get that. A lot of people respond that way, but there's also like a lot of people that don't. And I think what's kind of troubling for me in society is like, how do you reach those people? Because we're, we're all a collective, right? We all want to be, you know, in general, we want to be prosperous. We want to be forward moving. Um, but if you're having, if you're really having empathy, then you empathize with the people who don't motivate the same way that you do. The right. people who aren't like, you know, you can't just hold a fucking carrot above my head and expect me to stand up and get this. Like, that's just not how I work. It's so like, you know, it's it's kind of like one of the weird things I think about with, with leadership is, is having to reach those kind of people and like what exactly you can do. It's kind of one of the things I, I have a question about when it comes to education as well.
1: Yeah. We got to um, think about the spectrum of people that you're, that's, and that goes back to, you know, goes back to the original statement about me, you know, repeating things, leadership being about repeating things over and over again. Well, you're not saying it the same way every single time. You're saying you're repeating yourself in an effort, right, to reach the full spectrum of person the full spectrum of, of human, right? Because um, we can, the, the the cool thing about <clears throat> leading people that look like us and sound like us and talk like us and have the same likes as us is that they're going to respond to the same things that the the way that mot- the things that motivate us will motivate them. Right. And as we progress, right. So you think about, Hey, I can lead the person that's like me. And then I grow my leadership and, Naturally, I'm able to lead other people, you know, kind of close to me, but a little bit different, a little. So I'm trying to widen, you know, that spectrum over time. Right. But the people that's hardest to lead are the ones that's 180 out. Right. I cannot understand. You find yourself saying this. I cannot understand how they even came to that thought process. Like, what are you? Are you serious right now? Oh,
2: you find yourself saying all those types of things. That's like me and Parham and Ship's Control man. I'm like Parham. What are you thinking, bro? All right, but that's the challenge.
1: That's the challenge of leadership. You're looking for those people that that uh, elicit those statements from you because that's that's where you know where you are. at. That's how you know where you are on the spectrum of of being able to reach people, right? Because leadership is just a people game. That's it. It's just about understanding yeah. and knowing people, um, and that's where you. First and foremost, shut up and listen and gain rapport. What is it that this person likes? What is it that 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 moves and drives this person? And I'm not gonna stop until I understand every bit of it. I am I am fascinated by people who can live their lives with no foresight. <laughs> <laughs> like, but for me, because I'm a, I'm a planner, right? I'm a I'm a strategist, I've you know played chess my whole life, that's how I operate, right? So people who have no foresight—that's 180 out for me. So I have a—I have a, have a huge problem, you know, with people that don't do that. Namely, my oldest daughter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's worse when it's close to home.
1: But my—but here's the deal: um, your children are going to be your next to yourself, next to yourself, leading yourself. But the next hardest person to lead is going to be your child. I don't envy people with children. Okay. Um you i'm telling you 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 get to it's 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 beautiful and catastrophic all in one uh you know little little human right because (laughs) you see this person they look like you they speak like you uh they're amazing and they drive you up the wall and they challenge you um you know but it's it's it, that is that is one of the the things that that comes to to hope hopefully make you a better leader um you know but uh you have to sit back and gain rapport right understand what what moves them um that's why i always have conversations that never had anything to do with the navy with y'all because i was looking to mm. manipulate each and every one of you no i'm just playing but not really <laughs> yeah but really I mean, you know <laughs> <I'm fucking nervous. laughs> But no, I really, what? I'm, I'm legitimately interested in what moves you, what you. That's why I'm asking what TV shows you know you you like to watch, and um, you know your workout. How do you go like you know how do you go through and figuring out what you want to do when you work out? Um, you know, Brazilian jiu jitsu and and talking about MMA and all these different you know different things um, that I may not you you wouldn't have known if I was interested or not in, it. um, because I'm gen- but I'm genuinely interested in you as a person. And that elicits, you know, that level of conversation. And I'm like, oh, OK, and we draw we, we draw those consistencies across the board. And now we have a connection. Now I can under I can begin to have those deeper conversations to understand where you're coming from and I can understand the origin of your moronicism. <laughs> Moronic, I'm
3: about to look that up. Come yeah, on, spell Josh, check that's, mine.
2: that's mine That's my. Mine. That's mine. That's mine. Moronicism. <laughs> moronicism, you don't get that, Josh? I, that's not
0: that's not for free. Oh. I'm pretty sure he coined it after you. Uh what what was like the do you have a a memorable moment where you like saw somebody, you're like, I don't know how the hell I'm supposed to
2: I know one get It's a story. Go. I-
0: Go ahead. Had, go ahead.
2: I think it might have been the first four, field day. You know, it was me, Sarah, and Gary in. Uh, Classic. In, in the head, we we're cleaning the head. <laughs> it, in the damn, the damn plunger was in the center of the floor, and <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, Sarah was like, he's like, hey, Shelly, watch this, and he squatted over the plunger and started like bouncing up and down on it, like he was, you know. <laughs> You know, using the plunger as a freaking, I'll be blunt, using the plunger as a, a dildo. And then I'm, I'm sitting there looking at him. And then Cobb walks in the door. And I'm like, oh, and Sarah's still going. <laughs> he, doesn't, he, he doesn't see him. He doesn't see him. And Cobb's looking at him. And I'm like, my eyes, got so, my eyes got so wide. And Gary's eyes got so wide. And we're just looking at Sarah like this. We're like. And Sarah stops and turns around, and we're all like, kind of pause for a second. We're like, oh, oh! And Cobb just started laughing. He just started laughing. Just, oh man! And I, and if, in my, in my head, I was like, Sarah's never getting ahead. Sarah's done. Like, he's, he's, he's always going to be on Cobb's shit list, and that's as far as it's going to go.
1: Yeah, I recognize you need you need characters everywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, luckily being a submarine, you know, being a submariner, man, you, you see characters everywhere. Um, and I had long since, you know, accepted the diversity of craziness, you know, that existed within this organization, man. So, you know, me seeing Specifically
3: that. Specifically in the Techs, text.
1: Yes. It, <laughs> some things are just funny. Some things are just funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: I think any listener out there that is not a submariner, if you don't know, just imagine what would you do if you were trapped in a steel tube, and in the, in the ocean, underneath the water, like you run out of shit to do, so you just All start perfect. bouncing on plungers. Apparently,
1: like we are crazy All to perfect. choose this. Like we chose this profession, right? Um, yeah. I root, I routinely tell people that I just meet. Because uh, I rarely tell people that I'm, I'm on submarines, because it always induces a level of intrigue that that elicits ridiculous questions. Right, so um, I'm always looking for an opportunity to tell them why I joined the submarine force because I couldn't swim and I didn't want to get eaten by sharks. And if a submarine goes down, I just die. And man, the look that people have when I tell them that um, it's just like um, oh, just mortified. <laughs> It's it's over so fast. Terrified. Yeah, I was like, you got you got you got any more questions? Nah, nah, man. I'm just gonna get some cheese and
2: crackers, man. I'll be back. Yeah. I tell, uh, I try and tell guys I work with, you know, uh, they're like, "How what was it like being on a submarine?" And I'll, you know, I'll tell them stories and stuff, and they're like, "Dude, there's no way I could have done that." And I'm like, "Dude, you run into freaking burning buildings, <laughs> and you're trying to downplay it. Come on, dude. Like, dude, I."
0: i met a I met a seal when i moved to norfolk virginia uh when i first like got stationed there and he was a seal officer and he was just like you're on submarines and i was like uh yeah and he was like how the hell do you guys do like i could never and i'm like bro you go into gunfights, you go d- jump out of planes on the reg you don't know if you're coming back home and you're saying that you wouldn't go on a submarine that's like NASA that's, uses the freaking guidelines to operate their space shuttles off of the same guidelines we make that, submarines. That's almost almost across the board. The
3: the response I get every time I tell someone I'm I I work on a submarine. They're like, I couldn't do that. I'm like, Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have thought of that I could do it either until I was there one day. I just
0: showed up and <laughs> well, I guess I'm on a submarine. <laughs> oh, here's here's a good one. Uh, what was what was your first what was your first uh, experience like on the sub? If you, if you can remember, it, I know you're like 100, but
1: Ooh,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> still got a good hairline though. Mine's going away. Yeah.
2: I'm still, still trying. I'm still trying. Um, <laughs> Bro, I can see, I can see the waves, man. I can see the waves.
0: Yes, wave check.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, my first underway. Well, I,
1: so just my first time showing up to a submarine. Um, I'm I'm super excited. Got my whites on, and I go across the brow, and my my chief sees me. And he's like, he's like, you the you the new guy? Like, yeah. He's like, yeah. Go down co- to control, as if I knew where control was. Um, and then <laughs> I meet my I meet my my LPO. He's like, oh, you're the new guy. He's like, how much how much do you weigh? Um, I was like, you know, one forty five, one fifty. He's like, oh, perfect. I got the perfect thing for you. Hey, uh, you go straight back there. There's a thing called the fan room. Open that door. On the inside of that, there's a bucket of water, a sponge. Hey, go climb in the outboards and see how far you can go. And I still have my wife, so I'm like, but it, I got my I'm gonna mess up my unit. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Did I did that sound like a suggestion? Go do what I told you to do. Roger that. So my first experience on the submarine, I'm in the outboards in the fan room, uh, just seeing how far I can go. <laughs> that's so much, that's fucking messed up, up your dress whites yeah oh oh they were they were done they were done um my first underway we had a uh you know it was we were getting we we're getting ready for our oars you know so we're doing drills and obviously i have no idea what this this you know this is and uh you know i'm just waiting and we we dive and i'm in the rack when we you know my first dive you know first dive it was a like, dive dive and i look up just kind of take a down angle like huh huh cool <laughs> All right, we're going back to sleep then. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was pretty, anticlimactic. Uh, it was. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. like, okay, maybe something like that. And that's what people think about submarines, as though it's going to be something exciting, this, you know, dramatic thing. It's like, and that's what submarines is, nothing. Like, you die. I'm out. And we go down, and it's like, <laughs> I'm on a building that I can't get out of. Like, whoop do, doo Let me go eat. Let me go. I hope we don't run out of freaking uh, whipped cream. Yeah, you know,
2: whatever. <laughs>
1: or
0: coffee creamer. Yeah. <laughs> on a
2: uh, on a side note, I'm pretty sure uh, ETV2 Keller still asleep in control. That's a fact. Oh,
0: hands
3: <laughs> down, hands <Hence laughs> down.
0: Quite a sounder.
3: Of all the people that I thought was gonna get out of the Navy, he's still in.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: he said it so many times, bro. He said it so many Dude, times.
2: Dude, I roast that guy on Facebook all the time over his freaking tattoos. <laughs> it amazes me. It
1: amazes me that he's still in because, like, he – I mean, he, when he, he had his issues and uh, he all would me, I'm once I'm, I'm out of here, I'm done. I, I'm glad I'm getting out of here.
2: Like, yeah, whatever, dude. Okay. Well Yeah.
3: <laughs> he loves it. He loves the Navy.
2: Everybody yeah. always called me the command boy, and I was like – I told – I was like, hey, I'm getting out, and everyone's like, bullshit, you'll stay in forever. And Keller's like, I'm getting out, and everyone's like, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what amazes me about the idea of uh, submarines is on the movies. I, th- I think it's like three movies that I've seen. Whenever some shit goes down, they always show a bunch of guys in like coveralls or dress whites running like multiple flights of stairs. And I've never been on a boomer, but is this the reality? Is is that what it looks like on a boomer? Are they running multiple flights of stairs? I don't know. They're been levels? Levels? Mm. I never are no. on
1: one. No. I never stepped foot on one. I have a penis. Me neither. So. Uh-huh.
3: and I don't want to either
0: I don't I don't want to go because I'll be mad
1: oh wait, like, <laughs> you thought
3: we got what do you do with all this space He's real thought wrecked. we got
0: hate mail for, for the boomer hate last episode we're going to get it on this one too
1: yeah I think only you heard that though Ellison I'm pretty sure nobody else heard that
0: no one else heard it? I heard it the That's, other people are going to hear it too.
1: Yeah. I, so my first time going on the Trident was about uh, seven months ago I don't tour boats that I'm not a part of. Like I'm not doing yeah. extra credit on submarines. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that's not a fucking thing. Right? Well no, said. I'm already well, here until twenty hundred. When I was
1: in sub school, they're like, hey, you want to go down to you want to go down to the boats and go check them out? For what? It's inevitable. I'm not why am I rushing to this? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't I don't have I am not the typical you know, Navy, you know, submarine, master chief or whatever. Cause most of these jokers are like locked in super hype about this. And I'm just like, yeah, this, I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, but, uh, (laughs) I just hope I got some, you know, more peanut butter when I get home. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah, exactly. I got a job to do, but I'm trying to make it home to dinner. So what are we really doing here?
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, all two K seasons, not going to play itself
2: on the, uh, (laughs) On the podcast we did with Sub Brown, I don't know if you listened to it. I did. I uh, I said, I said uh, when he was talking about going out to dinner with you and, uh, <laughs> uh, I said, man, they're both bougie as fuck. <laughs> yeah,
3: you and Jason. but,
2: uh, but, yeah. but, but you know what?
3: I, there's truth to yeah, that. There's he truth knows to it.
2: it. Yeah, there's truth to it, and it wasn't an insult. It was not an insult. It was. I was just like, you know, they're bougie as fuck because. I mean, that, you, feeling, I, you I, feeling
0: bad there, Dan? You're feeling a little bit uh No,
2: you know what I feel bad <laughs> about was uh, uh, Jay Pitty posted a picture on Facebook of Chief Jones and Cobb Owens. And it said, I can't remember what it said about two studs or something like that. And I said, two of the most in- influential leaders I've ever had talking about Chief jones and cobb
3: there's three of and them
2: then, yeah, yeah yeah and, and De- deanna got on deanna got on she's like just two who's the odd man out and I, said, and I was like i was like oh shit i was like man i should have i should have thought that out man and uh and then i just said i'll keep you guessing
0: <laughs>
2: and then and then uh jay pity got on there and he said uh, he said savage dot 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 and i was like shit and i got on there and i typed up this whole explanation and i was like you know what i ain't gonna send it i'll just let him uh, you just know let it, just <laughs> let it be
1: just
3: <laughs> right. let it ride right. It. <laughs>
1: that's right yeah i am boozy absolutely i own that I, I <laughs> hey you, you
2: see this shirt Cobb? i'm bougie too i'm bougie you pulled too. that
1: out of
3: the dirty laundry Dan.
2: <laughs> bro i don't even you look i think i got this at goodwill dude honestly <laughs>
0: You look like a Daytona Beach version of Charlie Sheen right now. That's I don't right. even know who
2: that's purposely
3: right. buys a shirt that looks like that,
2: dude. I, I'm telling you, I got it at Goodwill. <laughs> you got it at Goodwill? No, I, my uh, my wife got it for me.
0: Ain't nothing wrong with that. I was gonna get hyped about that. I don't think I buy right. any of my clothes. My wife buys all my clothes.
1: That's how it mature. That's how that's how it happens, right? Yeah. Um, but look, there's yeah. a there's a time when it changes, right? So you're gonna go w- once you get to about forty. Um, you'll go through like this midlife um, thing where um you don't care what anybody else thinks. Right. It's a beautiful <laughs> place. Right. So perfect. example. I just spent one hundred and seventy dollars on about uh 10 T-shirts. Right. Um, Teespring just had like this huge sale on a bunch of vintage throwback T-shirts or whatever. And uh, I just bought like 10 of them um, on just a ridiculous rant. And uh, all I wear now is T-shirts and shorts and and jays or you know air force ones um because i don't care anymore i used to like try to be nice my wife bought some nice shirts for me nice you know nice fit suit you know because she want to you know want to see me look nice i don't care anymore like i'm not going anywhere like this package is <laughs> like like i'm the full package like you can't get you're not getting nobody like me anywhere else i'm gonna go get some t-shirts and some shorts and that's it i'm established <laughs> do you see me? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. That's my that, that's my <laughs> repertoire. T-shirts and shorts. That's it. That's finished. Yeah, I'll be there one day.
3: Are you, uh, are you? Are you getting out at twenty? or Are you gonna keep it going? I thought you were past twenty. Oh, right?
1: I'm past one. I'm at twenty. Yeah. yeah, I'm at twenty. Oh, okay. I'll, be, I'll be twenty-three in July. Um, so is this it for you? No, no, no.
0: No, nah, he's gonna be a Mick that's,
1: <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. Um, but uh. <laughs> I You'd
0: like I, eat the Keller, eat the killer. I'm getting out of the Navy. Nope, I'm gonna go no, I'm going to go be McPond.
1: No, I'll give you, a, give you a real. So my next tour is Squadron One, uh, CMC out here in Hawaii. And uh, after that, I have no idea what I'm going to do, because that will put me at about that'll put me at 26, you know, 27. Mm. Um, so I don't know what I'll do after that. But uh, the whole McPond thing is is and that level is out for me. Because my kid if I so say I stayed in, you know, to to try to aspire to that level, right? The the amount of travel and staying away, you know, from my kids and from my family at the most pivotal time of life when they're going through high school, um, I will miss so much because I'm out traveling and doing all these things and I'm not willing to do that. Right? Yeah. Not like because
3: the, Yeah. I feel like the Mkpon is almost like a politician. They just always always got events to go to
1: always gone always yeah. speaking um, and I'm I'm not willing to to voluntarily do that and take myself away from my kids unless my kids can come with me which is you know violates all kind of ethical uh, protocols associated with the military and I'm just not willing to do that you know, so yeah. that's, the, that's the real reason um do I think I, I could you know could ascend to those those levels absolutely like I know how dope I am like it's not you know I don't really deny that um, you know, but I just don't have any desire to you talking about practice.
2: I think, uh, <laughs> I think, I think we all know that you got what it takes to be the fucking Mick Pond, And, uh,
1: I appreciate it.
2: Yeah. We, we all know that. Cause, uh, yeah, yeah you, you were, you were a diverse leader and, uh, and you, you said things to me that I still think about on a daily basis. One was when I was thinking about getting out of the military, I, I think I, I was thinking about getting out. I think I said I want to be a fucking cop or something like that. I don't remember. Just something safe. And then you said to me, you were like kind of you were just like, huh. I took you for more of the entre- entrepreneur type. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't think about it right then. And I but like as time has gone on, that rings in my head every day. And hmm. and I just started business, like everything I just told these guys today, everything came to fruition today. And it's kind of funny that we're doing this podcast today, because you know I, I started my LLC, I got my insurance, I bought all my equipment, and it like it's weird that we're doing this podcast today. Um, and you told yeah, and you told me that uh, we I don't know where we were if we were on deployment or or underway, but uh, yeah, and I, I still think about just that simple line, huh? I took you for an entrepreneur. And it just, it's, it's weird how, how things
0: happen. It's like that line out of movies when the, when the guy like was walking away and that kid's standing there in the parking lot and he's like, turns around slowly. He's like, Hey kid, catch. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, like yeah. Something <laughs> yeah. yeah It's crazy.
2: It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah so that, so uh, on the note of that Mick pond thing, <clears throat> I've been, I've been curious about this and I guess I, I could ask you or, or um, Jason, but, um, do you think that the portrayal of like, uh, you know, if you've seen Space Force on Netflix or like that movie with Brad Pitt where he plays like the general? It's good to be
1: black on the moon. <laughs>
0: it's good to be black. On... That was when well, she said that I was dying. I was dying I so
1: it. hard. That was... My wife is making me anyway a that says it too. So,
0: uh I'll, I'll tell you what. If 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 Space Force comes out full force, I'll be the first one on the list. I'll tell you that right now. I'll voluntarily send myself to outer space. <laughs> I'm that crazy. But um but do you think that's pretty accurate though the way they portrayed like those the uh the generals or the um those people on high, that high up. It seems like they're I can only imagine. This is when I empathize. I can only imagine how freaking just wound tight they must be constantly in just this pressure cooker of dealing with so much responsibility, so many decisions that they have to make. And like very little time to do anything and give it to their, you know, attention to their family and, and, and relationships. But is that pretty accurate, even at like the McPon level?
1: Uh, Yeah. Right. I mean, you are only so have you ever heard of channel theory?
0: I don't know. Channel don't theory.
1: So. Channel theory is, uh, you know, it's more prevalent when you're talking about how, you know, talking about current amperage, you know, in, in uh, you know in electronics. Um, but as it pertains to, to people you can only give you know so much energy you know to to you know to one thing you can only divide yourself you know in in so many different ways right so if i'm giving if this job that i'm doing uh i'm leading the, the entire navy and you know it requires 70% of my energy right i i'm i don't have i don't have a reserve that i can pull out to give 70% more to my family right I, it's not hmm. possible for me to give 100% to my family something has got to give Right. We just don't have, you just don't have that luxury um, because you're always thinking at a strategic, large level. Right. You're not thinking about what this one submarine down here is doing. You're not thinking about what this one person down here is doing. Um, You're thinking about how all these things matter, not just right now, but in 20 years, in 10 years, in five years. Um, So that strategic level of thinking. Uh, yeah, it absolutely affects families. Right. So the entire family has to be on board when you're when you're going to that going to that level, um, because that's a hard thing. If it's if it's just you, um, and you think, oh, well, I'm, I'll am i be home for the recital. Yeah. No, you're not. No, you're not. You not know many times I told my wife, I said that, hey, y'all be home. T- yeah, I'll be home today about, you know, about fourteen <laughs> hundred.
0: Yeah.
2: Every that's- single time I say it. Something comes up. That was me curse when you say it. That was me today. I got I worked a twenty four hour shift (laughs) and then I was like, I had a job this morning and I got off, did that, didn't sleep last night, and then I was like, shit And she was like, What is it? I was like, I forgot I had a podcast to do. (laughs) She (laughs) she was so pissed at me. But I was like, you know, we got a guest on, I gotta be professional, I gotta be on time. And uh she understood that, so
1: professional. (laughs)
2: For, yeah, I was like, professional. Yes. Like, mm, <laughs> mm. Yeah, professional.
3: <laughs> As he's drinking a
0: beer, the shirt open. An old yep. Dan Sheen over here.
2: Yeah, but that's a hard, <laughs> well, that's a hard
1: thing. Um, and uh, I admire, I admire people that you know that recognize that because there's a lot of people that just get so ambitious and they put blinders on and they just think that their family's going to go with them. Um, so they miss a bunch of stuff and it's like, well, they understand, they understand, you know, we're trying to, we are trying to go here. No, no, no. You're just doing this for yourself. You want the notoriety of being the admiral or the supermaster chief or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, for me, my wife was like, yeah, we're done. Oh, you, you, you good? I'm, Cause I'm <laughs> good. Like, yes, ma'am. Right. Cause, <laughs> Cause at the end of the day, for me, uh, the Navy is going to, and I think I've told you this a thousand times, the Navy is going to kick all of us out mm-hmm right and you, you did say that a lot who's going to be there with you when the Navy's done with you right so i'm not yeah. i'm not going to forsake my family i'm not going to forsake my family for the navy i'll bounce like i don't need your money well, you know how dope i am i could do a whole bunch of other stuff elsewhere
3: <laughs> i've, I've so, never had any illusions that the, that the military any branch of the military will chew you up and spit you out you are a tool to be used by the military and Fact. you can have a great time. And like, I love all the people, not all the people. I love a lot of the people that I met in the military <laughs> and work with. And I like my job and it's a good job, but it is a job and it will chew yeah. you up and spit you out and use you like you're meant to be used.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah, but it's, it's what it is. Cause a lot of people will hear me say that and you know, like, Oh, I can't believe you said that. Right. But you can hold two adjoining perspectives in your mind at the same time because don't get it twisted. I absolutely love leading young men and young women, and mentoring, training, and coaching, and being a part of making a difference and making sure this country, you know, stays at the top. Like I absolutely love that, but I am under no level of naivety, you know, naivety, 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 naivety. <laughs> um You know, to yeah, to, to to know that. At any point, I'm compromised. I'm, I'm you know, they're they're going to be done with me, right? Because mm-hmm. we thrive on being able to put the next person in, right? That's why we've remained great as a military, right? Because so I, I'm under no uh, illusions that when I leave, oh, how they going to exist when I leave? Uh, how they going to make it? Uh, <laughs> they, now, y'all going to be fine when I leave, right? That's how we yep. continue to operate for hundreds of years. We're going to be fine, so. Mm-hmm
2: so yeah that's one go ahead oh go ahead i i just want to say cobb uh we talked about you getting out and stuff so what uh when you do get out what's what's next for you like what's next on your your?
1: you're little, writing a book oh, right now because,
2: because I, I know it's just not oh i'm retired i'm just gonna be retired and sit in my recliner come on man we know cobb Owens. cobb is about to get after some shit when he gets out what is it
1: yeah so i'm so right now um I am I just finished I so this is hard out the press. I haven't told anybody this. Um so I just finished my first it's a small book, um, you know, just to get it out there because I had a thought in my head and I couldn't get it out, so I had to put it on paper. Go ahead.
0: We got the exclusive. Are you, story are here. you saying that we have the exclusive mm-hmm. information, like what? Hell yeah. it's gonna go on <laughs> the headline.
3: It's gonna go on the headline that you got that you're gonna make a big reveal and yep. the podcast.
0: I feel so special.
1: Big so, reveal back. Bob Owens, hell yeah. The name of the book is What to Say to Yourself About Yourself to Produce Your Best Self, um, right? It's about how you communicate with yourself, right? That is the biggest determining factor of success, right, how you communicate with, your, with yourself. There's a whisper that exists um, in the back of your mind that's telling you something consistently, right? Um, how you are raised is really one of the biggest uh, determining factors of how what that voice is. But a lot of times when you mess stuff up, you ever said, man, I always mess this up. I always do this, right? These definitive statements, these definitively negative statements, you know, that you say about yourself, they define what level of leadership, what level of success you have in life. Um, you know, I was when I was doing research for the book, um, there's a study that's out there about that talks about there's the we have about 77% of our communication with ourselves is negative, right? Which is why we why people strive most people strive for average, right? Because that communication is, is overtly negative. You hear about a hundred, what is it? Two, I'm sorry, 220,000 no's, you know, from your family, uh, between the age, between birth and 18. Right. So, all, so the predominant conversation, you know, that goes, that exists within your brain, that exists within your mind is negative. Right. And I talk about how to reprogram that. Um, I talk about some of my experiences in the Navy that, some information that I was given, you know, that and some of the practices that were given to me that helped me uh, to kind of silence, you know, that negative voice and and make it empowering vice being so negative all the time. Um, you know, so, yeah, that'll be out here pretty soon. Uh, we're finalizing what the book cover looks like. We'll send that out. It's, it's small, man. It's like, you know, the last count is like 37 pages, but I wanted to get to the point. I could have made it like 120 pages full of fluff. But I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just getting in there to the point. And this is what I did. This is how to do it. You know, if you need if you need a build up, don't read this book because I'm just getting to the point.
3: <laughs> so, our, uh, <laughs> so we got we got the what is the new book, the why. Uh, where can people find this book when it comes out? Is this just going to be like a word of mouth? Or are you gonna it on Amazon? Like, where is it? Where are people going to find this thing? Yep.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to so I'm going to print 100 copies and sign them and number them, um, you know, and, and give those away. I'm also going to put them on Amazon for probably a price point about three ninety nine. dollars I just want the information out there. Um, and uh, you'll be able to purchase it from my website as well, theungsungleader.com. And that will be the first book um, that I release. The second book that I'm going to release is called – I'm not going to tell you. I'm just playing.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> we almost uh, got two, We almost got two scoops. Yeah, dude, I was excited.
1: One
2: interview. So can we get a promise though whenever you do go to release that next book? Can we be the the exclusive drop? Can we be can we be the yeah. first folks to know? Absolutely.
0: Nice. There it is. <laughs> you got the commitment. <laughs> hey. You know you said something about the the book being short, but like one of the best books that you ever gave me was very short and it was um See this is the kind of leader you are. Like and if noticed, you guys are out there, you don't have leaders out there giving you something to read to better yourself. You need to you need to check your leaders. But anyway, um, You gave me a book one time. It was called The Noticer. I think it was nothing but like 100-something 100, 100 pages long. Dan read that book, too. Dude, I, and, just
2: uh, I just bought it.
0: Oh, you did? Yeah, I
2: just bought it again and read it. I, ha- I keep it in my locker at work.
0: Yeah, I think about that book all the time. Yeah. Now, uh, hey, Armand Owens, dude. y'all. Y'all heard it first. That, dude,
2: that, I give that people the book all the time. I give I give that people the book. I give that book to people all the time. I give it to my wife, and I just bought it on uh, – on, uh, not on Amazon, but at books a million. Um, hell yeah. Yeah. So, book, man. Yep. So, I, so I, I
1: have three books coming out this year, three of them coming out. So,
0: okay. Three books, like, wait, you already got the, d- the dates. Are they all done? Or are you still working on them? Or
1: I'm still, so I'm finalizing. So I'm finalizing the design of, of the current book. I, um, uh, I have the framework in most of the words. I just have to put all the stuff together for the second book. Um, and that one is more about managing your physiology, um, uh, when it, as it pertains to leadership, because people don't think about their physiology. People don't think about, you know, how they feel and, um, you know, how you, how you carry yourself and how that affects who you are and how that projects out. Um, so I'm going to be talking extensively about that, but the, the main book is the unsung leader, the art of invisible leadership. So that's the main book. That's the main book. That'll be out by the end of the year.
0: Well, damn, Armand, it's been it's been a pleasure. Good to see Absolutely.
1: you. Absolutely. Good to have you on Great. the
0: show. It's good to catch up. I thought you guys were going. We got to get you on. I
1: thought we were going to use this as an opportunity to kind of, you know, uh, throw some shots at me. I was, I was ready. I was ready.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: I thought about it, but I was like, he'll come on again. Yeah. Hey, you remember
3: that one time that you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly.
2: I Man, want you to I tell
3: everybody what you did. I, honestly, You're not safe
0: yet. You're not
2: safe. I don't. Yet. I don't have a. I honestly don't think I have a shot to throw at you. I can't think of one shot that you know because, and honestly, it's not like I think it's just the fact that when you go through something is shitty. Not to say that the submarine force is shitty. It's just hard. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and in order to make a diamond, you need pressure. Um, but looking back, I just, I just think about the good times, man. Yeah. And. I mean, yeah, you jumped everybody. You jumped everybody's ass, uh, but it was always deserved. And if so, if someone has something bad to say about you, it's probably because
0: probably because they're pieces of yeah, shit.
2: Yeah, I wasn't gonna say it, but you <laughs> just say, say it, man. <laughs> if that's what it's you feel, just fucking it. say it, all right? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah.
0: I embrace my civilian side, all right? Like I, I, I don't have to answer anybody except myself now. So <laughs> you
2: see my hair and my shirt, man. I'm all civilian right now.
0: All right. Well, hey, Armand, thanks for coming uh, on the show. Um, like I said, uh, I, I can't wait to have you on the show next time. We're obviously a brand new show, so we got a lot of a lot of room to grow. But um, yeah, it's been great.
1: Yeah, yeah I and it. Uh, I appreciate it. Good seeing, good seeing you guys do well for yourself. Um, I'm excited for where this goes. Um and uh yeah i would be i be delighted to come back on here and uh you know and uh, shoot a breeze with you guys again so yeah definitely
0: cool heck yeah all right well this is uh Ellison signing off uh, thank you guys for coming back and listening to uh, only on the Midwatch podcast.